Teammate Radio is brought to you by Peaceful Warriors and Teammate Children's Stories, available on Amazon. We are Peaceful Warriors! Hey, teammates, I know I haven't been live for a while. It uh, it do be like that sometimes, <laughs> as the title of the video is. So, I'd intended to go live over the holidays a little bit to kind of show some of the stuff that we were doing and having fun, but we ended up, you know, enjoying our privacy for a little while, and we had a lot of work to do, and so we didn't manage to do it, and I don't have what I wanted to show you guys on me today, uh, but I will I, I will talk about it a little bit, you know, a little, little bit of a surprise thing that we did as a family uh, that I hope maybe kind of becomes a tradition because it reminds me of when I was a child, but what this is really about is patience. So a lot of us, when we look at patience, we think if you've been watching my live videos for any amount of time or listen to our podcast, you know, the definition of patience is not to wait. You can show patience through waiting calmly, but the definition of patience is acceptance or to accept things calmly. Right. So uh, that's what it's really all about. Now, sometimes, you know, things just don't go your way. Some, I mean, not everything in life is, is beautiful sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes things happen. I mean, for example, I won't get into this one, but. New Year's Eve night, I'm spending time with my family and uh, ended up uh, having to to deal with another person. And, and it was a very trying and anxiety-inducing situation and conversation that somebody wanted to, to bring to me, you know, on a family holiday. And, of course, you know, I care about our students a lot. And I care about even people that aren't members and their families a lot. So I, I when I know that message is there, I can't help but to answer and I can't help but to have that conversation. So, um you know, it, it kind of felt like a bad omen for the new year, which I kind of hope not because, you know, last year was a bit of a rebuilding year for us in uh, trying to trying to basically come back from 2020. You know, 2020 is still still has an effect on us at this point in time. But it do be like that sometimes. And sometimes you just have to accept the situation for what it is, try to stay calm about it, and then, you know, use your skills and your best of your knowledge to be able to come up with things that you can enjoy. So uh, a great example of that from my childhood, um, up until I was about 14, uh, I lived with a single, my single, single mother at the time who worked two or three jobs and, you know, made very little money. We were way way below the poverty line but one of the things and i don't have a lot of great memories from those times but one of the things i do remember and i try to remind myself every holiday season is we had this thing where you know we couldn't afford a christmas tree though we were given one later uh but we had this thing for till i was about oh, i want to say 10 maybe 11 where every year we would make something uh, out of just what was laying around the house or stuff we could find in the yard and we would make something as a decoration or a tree I remember one year we took a bunch of sticks and painted them black and put them in a vase and hung ornaments on it We called it a tree, right? And those are fond memories that I have I have very few fond memories of the holidays as a kid, but those are a few of them and so uh, we already had a Tradition I guess for New Year's what I really enjoyed where we go back and we we call it vintage video game night where we go back and we play video games that are 20 years old or older and I find it to be a great time. Axel gets a little weirded out by the, the graphics of the day um, and how everything looked and all that. But we can usually find a game that he enjoys as well. But one of the things I wanted to do for the holidays this year, and this is what I kind of wanted to talk about, um, we, we tried to do this before. We kind of started it a few years ago or several years ago, but then Axel and, and taking care of kids and stuff got in the way. But we, we've tried to restart it again, which is taking like an hour or two hours a day before the holidays and making something out of nothing, out of just stuff that's laying around, toys that aren't being used, uh, sticks and rocks in the yard, whatever it is. And we had a great time doing that this year. Um, 
Mr. Axel, he made us these ornaments that were sticks that he whittled down himself and engraved mom and dad in them. And I thought those were really cool. Those were those were absolutely my favorites. Uh, Brittany made a very cool ornament. Mrs. Rose made a very cool ornament that was like a uh, wine glass with a, a thing that hung upside down with a thing attached to the bottom of it that had sort of like a terrarium feel to it and some rocks to represent the family and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool. I made a little uh, karate kicking girl uh, out of sticks and craft glue and painted it pink and black. And I made a little windmill uh, with our names on it out of popsicle sticks and a fidget spinner. And, and we had a blast doing it. And, you know, sometimes it's the simple things. And by bringing in things like that, you know, it opens up the possibility to get creative with your family and the possibility for you, your kids, and otherwise to get creative and make do and make things out of nothing, if that makes sense, right? And having time set aside that you do these kind of things will help you in trying to deal with tougher situations that are going on at any particular point of time. It'll help you gain perspective on life to where it's a little bit easier to accept maybe the way that things are going or the way the way things things are turning out, right? Um, it can be really hard. It can be really hard. I know I had a, I had a tough time with that New Year's uh, after, after what I mentioned earlier. But you know, it do be like that sometimes. So you got to, you know, it's, it's not, not everything's going to be right, but honestly getting frustrated about it, getting angry about it and obsessing about it. I know from experience, lots and lots of experience, isn't necessarily the best way to come up with a solution. It really helps if you can manage to maybe not always stay emotionally calm, but at least calm on the surface so that you can engage the analytical parts of your brain to be able to find a reasonable way through the situation that you're in. So with this, I'm going to give you a psychological trick. I know a lot of people ask me all the time about the tricks we use to get uh, kids in classes to pay attention, uh, the tricks we use to get kids to try something they're afraid to do, things along those lines. We have lots and lots of tricks we use for different things. I mean, to the to the point that we have had many, many members over the years talk about how it was almost like magic, like our instructors almost had magic in the way that they could engage and interact and bring out the creativity of kids and, 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 and get past the shyness stage and things along those lines. And honestly, you know, one of those tricks is, is using simple, basic toys. So like what I was talking about making for Christmas, one of my favorite things to use in here is a, is a pool noodle. And I got pool noodles everywhere. Full pool noodles, pool noodles cut in half, things along those lines. Because you can have a lot of creative fun with a pool noodle. And, you know, it's relatively safe toy to play with, even for rough play. And as you've, if you've listened to my podcast much, you know, we did a podcast on how important rough play can be for the mental and physical development of a child and their confidence. And so, you know, pool noodles make a fantastic way to engage in rough play. But what I was going to say, uh, I kind of lost track of what I was saying. The trick. I was talking about I was going to give you guys a trick for... Was it for acceptance or staying calm? Oh, for the analytical side. So, for example, if you are yourself being over-emotional or if you have a child that is expressing a lot of emotion and they're angry and frustrated and throwing tantrums and screaming and things along those lines, we all deal with it. Everybody deals with it. There's no shame and there is no judgment here in any way, shape, or form, right? Um, I know sometimes I've had to get on to kids, not get on to them. I don't really get on to kids, but I've had to have a talk with kids about them being too rough with other kids or 
not listening very well to the point that it became a bit of a safety concern and things along those lines. And I know that the parents of those kids can often feel, not all the time, but can often feel embarrassed or guilty about their kids' behavior. But you have to understand that our instructors have been working for, with kids for, uh, between the five of us, uh, a combined 40 years or so. And guys, we've seen it all. There's no judgment. There's no no reason to feel ashamed if we have a talk, have to have a talk with your kid about something for safety or this and the other. Kids get overexcited, and we do not see it as a reflection of your parenting in any way, shape, or form. Because kids are their own people, and when it comes to parenting, you can't force kids into anything or to do anything. We try. A lot of parents try, but in the end, that kid, as they grow up, in particular, is going to be their own person and have their own thoughts and their own ways of dealing with things that you can have an influence on, but you cannot force them to do, if that makes sense, which is why it's always better to try to convince them or get them to convince themselves of the right thing rather than just trying to tell them what to do, right? So uh, to get back to the emotional thing. So if you have a child that's being emotional, one of the great tricks you can use, first, you, you need to not match their emotion. First, you need to acknowledge their emotion. To, hey, I know you're upset. I can see that you're upset. I can see that you're frustrated. I know that you're angry. And acknowledge those emotions, step one. Uh, and then step two is to get the analytical side of the brain to start to wrestle a little bit of control away from the emotional side of the brain. And the way that you do that is to ask a simple analytical question like, um, can you tell me what color that is? Or can you tell me step by step how to do something you enjoy doing? Or um, can you, can you, uh, uh, real quick before we get into why you're angry, I'm having a little trouble with this math I was trying to work out in my head. Uh, do, do you remember what five plus seven is? And, uh, anything to get them to, even if they don't answer it, that's not the important part. The important part is to engage the logical and analytical side of the brain to start to wrestle some control away from the emotional side. And then once you get them to calm down a little bit, then depending on the age, it has to be age appropriate, but then you can work on how to use words to express emotions instead of using the emotions to express the emotions. And you can help them and guide them in ways that they can figure out how to describe how they're feeling and why they're feeling that way and what the situation is. And this helps, the earlier you start to do this kind of thing, it helps to set a good habit of when a child grows older and they get overly emotional, it sets a good habit for them to immediately when they get emotional begin to think about how to describe that emotion and to think about how the situation is bringing that emotion up, which gets them to by themselves work with the analytical and the logical side of their brain and, you know, very, very helpful for coping. And it's a very, very helpful coping skill and to prevent escalations and unnecessary drama and, and things along those lines, right? So we all get frustrated sometimes. We all get upset sometimes. You know, we're all human and I understand that. So if I have someone reach out to me upset about something, first thing I'll do is is talk about how, hey, you know, like I get that you're upset. And uh, I understand from what you've told me and from your point of view that you are upset. And if that's all the information I had, I'd be upset too. But let me give you the rest of the information. 
let me uh, paint the whole picture for you and tell you what's going on, and, uh, and and I will ask questions and things to engage that analytical response. And this is how I deal with people who are frustrated, angry. It's a form of de-escalation, right? Uh, beginning to bring the analytical mind in and and getting them to think about because when we're angry, right? When we're really frustrated, we get very tunnel vision. We get very single track minded in this sort of self-righteous form of anger. And the danger of that self-righteous form of anger is that oftentimes, like I said, we become tunnel visioned. And so therefore we aren't seeing the big picture. We're not seeing all the different pieces that led to the situation that we're frustrated about or angry about. And sometimes it's just about being gentle, being nice, accepting someone's feelings, using patience with someone's feelings, acknowledging their feelings, and then bringing the analytical big picture into the equation and and working from there for a potential solution. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that our instructors never make mistakes. Goodness, we make mistakes all the time. You, you should hear some of the conversations after class when I'll have instructors come up to me or even I do this. I'll go to the instructors like, oh, I really messed up with this kid today. Oh, I really messed up that. You know what I should have done? I should have done this. You know what I should have said? I should have said this. Uh, but, you know, I had a hard time. Uh, communicating with this particular person today or whatever it is. And every one of us feels extraordinarily guilty if we feel like we could have handled something better than we did. And oftentimes when we get to that point, we will reach out to the people involved after class or the next morning and say, hey, we feel like we didn't handle the situation as well as we could have. This is what we should have done. And uh, sort of just describe how we feel about that situation. And nine times out of 10, uh, people respond back like, no, it was warranted. No, it was all right. No, I didn't mind your approach. No, it was okay. Uh, no, they needed it, you know, and, and, and that's great. And I appreciate that. But every once in a while, you know, you can do everything right and still it's going to make somebody angry or it's going to frustrate somebody or somebody's only going to see a part of what happened or hear a part of something and they're going to be upset and, you know, it's, 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 it's probably, I don't want to say it's more of a struggle being a business owner, but being in a business and a business owner, people uh, in general, not, not all of them, but you know, a good quarter of people in general, stop looking at you as people, as individuals and start looking at you as a company and think that a company is not allowed to make mistakes. But the fact of the matter is, is companies don't grow without making mistakes. Corporations make mistakes constantly and we regularly get angry at them, but still forgive them and use them and then remain clients to them, right? So all I really wanted to talk about is it's okay if you're going through a rough time. And you know what? If your child is in classes and we end up having to have a talk with them about control or courtesy or respect or whatever our word of the week is or compassion or nothing like that, that's a teachable thing. That is us being teachers. That is not us judging your parenting. That is not us uh, trying to make you feel embarrassed or bad about anything. Because trust me, like we've seen, we've seen whatever your kid does, I guarantee we've seen way worse. Like I guarantee it. And so in the end, you know, don't don't feel embarrassed about your kid acting up in class. Don't feel embarrassed if your kid has a lot of trouble paying attention someday. That's as much on us as it is them and, and being entertaining enough for them to want to pay attention to, right? And oftentimes after a class, we've had a child that had trouble paying attention. That's what we do. We get together and we're like, hey, what could I have done better to, to engage this kid's attention and things along those lines, right? So we have lots of tricks to do it, but it can be a little bit difficult in a group environment, you know, with 8, 10, 15, 
20 kids. I say 20. We don't have any classes that big. Uh, we've purposely kept our schedule the way it is to keep our classes, you know, under under 15 or under 20 in the in the older classes, under 15 in the younger ones. Uh, that way we can make sure that we have five, no more than five or six students per instructor, uh, which is great because that way everyone gets their one-on-one time. Nobody's waiting for turns. Everything happens pretty fast. And then on top of that, we make sure we mix in a lot of large group games and stuff like that and make it fun. Right. So I didn't see any comments on this video, but if you comment later, I will I will respond in text. I'm going to try to get back in the habit of going live more. I used to go live once or twice a week for 15 or 20 minutes and it built up this following and we had these great conversations and I really want to bring that back. Uh, so if you happen to see our live videos or if you want to see our live videos, make sure your notifications for them are turned on on our page on Facebook and engage in the conversation. Right. Put in your comments, stuff like that. And so I'll see you guys again. Be the best team that you can be. Be the best at being you. Teammate Radio is brought to you by Peaceful Warriors and Teammate Children's Stories, available on Amazon. We are the